Blog Talk Radio. It, I think it's important to mention that there have been nearly 400 treaties written by the United States in good faith with the Indians, and every single one of them was abrogated. It means broken or changed or altered.
the second month, if you missed the first month, so we got a lot of time to take care of a lot of business. And thus says Yahweh, no feast day. So whatever the Almighty put on you, we put on the table. We just uh, piggyback on whatever we can and play it by the spirit of Yahweh. So it'll take your time and talk to the national audience over 900,000 strong. You on the clock, come on. Once again, Yaquan Bush is here as well, and thank you for bringing me into tonight's broadcast. I'm on a cast of over 900,000 numbers, as you say, and that is a good thing, because with those many people that want to hear the word of Yaquan, you know they're going in the right direction. Because we have a lot of people out there trying to teach their version, which is not correct, of Yaquan. And that's not so great. I was just talking to a wise man not too long ago and telling him how people get all educated in the Word and they're unconstituted. And they think they're reading the right thing. But sometimes in the things that they're studying, it leads them like a lamb to slaughter, dumb before his shears. That was mentioned in the book of Acts, chapter 8, verse 32. Let me read that scripture. In the book of Acts, chapter 8, verse 32, it said, The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to slaughter, like a lamb dumb before his shears. So he opened up not his mouth. And that's what happened when you meet those big mouth people that think they know about the word and they kind of get a lot of problems in their deception. When you show them that they know not, that's what they do. Open up, not their mouth. Because they already know which way they're going. Because in Second Esther chapter seven, verse seven and verse number eight, it tells you where you're going. Seven says, "The entrance therefore is narrow, and set in a dangerous place to fall. It's like if there was fire on the right hand and on the left deep water, and only one path between them both. Even between the fire and water so small, there could be only one." Man, go there at once. So when you live the right way, you know you're going to enter into that narrow gate of righteousness, and you're going to be able to get to what they call those curly, curly gates. This is why we're here to help guide you through these dark times of bad teaching, loud bump the gums contest, Christianity. So we welcome and thank all of you for attending another live broadcast of Yahweh's message. As I said, we come to you live and open to you always with new and exciting topics from the King James Bible. And first and foremost, about Yahweh's Word. Learning how to connect the Bible books. Your health, foods you should eat, and keeping the Sabbath days. We do this because you have not. And this is the information you came to seek and have to look no further now. Because you've now found it in the voices of the two Israelites, tribe of Yahweh. We're open unto you on the normal days from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. And those normal days are Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Having no class on Tuesday, as we mentioned earlier, because we're back on the regular time. But we do have a Sabbath class. And the top part of Sabbath is Friday. The temple class that starts at 7. Well, we have an online class that starts at 7.30 on Friday to 10.30. And the bottom part of that Sabbath is Saturday. 
We have a temple class then at 12 p.m. And the online from 2 to 5. And that's until our temple members decide to leave. We also have a website address. Now to use this on any search engine, com. And after you click enter, look for tribeyada.com. Make sure it says Israelites behind it. We've had people clicking on it and say, oh, I can't find it, and I can't find the calendar. But if you click tribeyada.com, Israelites, just under the big line, you will see tithes and offerings. Click PayPal and follow the instructions. Now, on any other device, you may see menu. You have to get, click on this. Again, you'll still see the choices and still choose the tithes and offerings. And doing so, remember what it tells all of us in the book of Psalms, chapter 96, verse 7, and verse number 8. 7 says, Give unto the Yahweh, or you kindred of the people. Give unto the Yahweh glory and strength. 8. Give unto the Yahweh the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come unto his courts. Now, I always remind everyone that when you're doing this, to remember that Yahweh loves that you're forgiven. And also the donations that's given to this ministry is greatly appreciated that you give according to the Bible scriptures that are mentioned in the book of Leviticus, chapter 27, verse number 30, and once again mentioned in the book of Hebrews, chapter 7, verse 8, and verse number 9. Now, this is done to keep this ministry bringing you thus says Yahweh and also for building a school, which we are modernizing our teaching now, those that come to the Sabbath class will be able to see. We're building a new modern method of teaching, what we call a visual and audio aid, so not only will you see the word, you will hear it. And also for building a banquet hall, a radio station, and a hand to grow the health foods we continue to speak up on this program. And as I said before, check the calendar while you're there to help keep you in tune with the Bible feast days by clicking, as what I said, and you will find it will be easier to find the calendar. Now, we also have a live program. This speech is available during our broadcast time. Just enter three words once again. Radio Live. And after clicking in, look for Voices of the Trizolites, Tribe of Yadav. And click the red live button as soon as it appears. You'll be right into our live online broadcast. Now, we even have a few numbers you can call with Yadav in mind. The first being our live conference room number, which is 319-527-6065. The other number is 224-600-5570. This is an international number where you can call and leave a message of those scriptures that you may have questions on, which can be answered by any one of six or nine accounts of Yahweh's message. But also, in saying that, remember, do not call this number trying to teach. As a reminder, you will only hear a discouraging click followed by a downtown. You can also inquire about the 12 programs via the 12 tribes of Israel. Just make sure we get the correct name and the correct address, and you will receive it. Now, for those of you who have maybe missed the beginning of our today's program, you can always catch the entire show after 9.15 p.m. 
except Fridays. The program time is always repeated after 10 Just send us three words once again. Southwell Radio Live. And after clicking on find the voices of the truth right subscribe of the dot. Choose the program that you are late logging into or any previous day that you would like to listen. Another good note is during our normal broad talk broadcast, we are also simultaneously transmitting our information on Pell Talk. Pell Talk can be logged in by your phone, your tablet, computer, or that smartwatch. Just download the Pell Talk app, and you'll finally be listed under ethnic group, African American. Look for Voices of the Trisolites, Tribe of Yadra. Your final room will hold 50 or more listening participants, where Yahweh's Word will also be working for your Bible education. Online there to answer those uh, topics we discussed during our broadcast will be the elder Mr. Tibbs Israel, along with Sia Israel, writing a shot. And during this time, we'll be taking no comments off the topic or any more than two text questions answered at a time. And that broad talk ends before teaching time. We will continue our teaching on God Talk. I'll be with you all. But another note, when we're giving scriptures to speak by the seat, be quick to hear and slow to speak, so the words of Yahweh will flow smoothly. Remember, as we said before, that we have over 900,000 listeners that came to hear the righteous words of Yahweh and not that of confusion. As we are reminded in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. So we can start to keep these scriptures in mind. We will pass our program back over to our seer Israel and say, Hallelujah. All right, Dayota. Hallelujah, Dayota. That's excellent. We're just going to try to see if we piggyback on, on what you just said. Everything is a lesson for them on every statement that's made. I forgot what you said, but I did make a, just a, a quite a little note on it because one thing I believe at my best, I'm a note taker. I listen to and take notes. So we want to touch on something that you said. So I don't know. I forgot how you put it, but we're going to touch on it anyway because we wrote it down about something. But we'll find out a little bit later. Let's see if we'll be on stage for tonight's episode part number 18. That's what we're going to do. We're going to see who's going to be on stage for the next episode of tape number 18. That's what we do. We're going to find out some things on the way to find out some things. All right, let's see what we got, what we're working with. Okay, when you meet the young lion, got the young lion coming on stage. Young line coming on stage. Let's see if we bring the young line on stage. Brother Titus Israel, up and come and teach out of Camp 1. Uh, he's coming to the plate for Cape 18. So when you meet the young line, Brother Titus, Yaqua bless you there, see you right here. Yaqua bless you there, see you Israel. Oh, see Roy. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Guadalajara, young lion. Young lion, 
we gonna see can we just um it's a word called fallacy. That's like working with things that is incorrect and straightening them out. A lot of things incorrect. What we're gonna do we're gonna see can we straighten them out a little bit. So um look down at Luke chapter twelve, verse twelve. And let's see, can we analyze a few things there, young line? Luke, chapter 12, verse 12, tape 18. Let's see if we can get something going on. you on the clock. Come on. The book of Luke, chapter 12, verse 12 reads, For the righteous spirit to teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. That's right. In the very same hour, the righteous spirit will teach you what you ought to say there, young man. No doubt about it. And while we're just getting ready to get going now, out of the den come another one of them young lions. So now we'll bring him in and see if he's ready to roll a little bit for tape 18, too. Let's see can we bring another young lion in, see if he's ready to roll for tape number 18. Brother Micaiah Israel, tribe of Yagdad Judah. Let's find out if he's ready to roar on tape number 18. Brother Micaiah, tribe of Yagdad Judah, up and come and teach you how to count one. Yahweh beat you there, see right? Yahweh bless you there, fear Israel. Oh, see Roy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Yahweh there, young lion. All right. See you ready to roll. One thing about it, Yahweh's business is uh, Yahweh's business. And we know one thing: if we spring our life through Yahweh's business, uh, we know we have an opportunity that everything gonna fall in line. If we spring our life on some Yahweh's business, that's what we gotta do. All right, we're just getting ready to kick some off. I guess I'm gonna pause a little bit and play a little bit of this tape right here. And then I'm going to just take it from there, play a little bit of this old tape, and see what it's saying. Beings as property, deprived of personal rights, has occurred in many forms throughout the world. But one institution stands out for both its global scale and its lasting legacy. Numbers involved in the Atlantic slave trade are truly stacked. From 1500 to 1880 CE, somewhere between 10 and 12 million African slaves were forcibly moved from Africa to the Americas, and about 15% of those during the journey. The majority of enslaved Africans were taken from six primary regions. Senegambia, Sierra Leone, and Wynwood Coast, the Gold Coast, part of the East, part of the Afro, and West Central Africa, also known as Congo, and an estimated 12.4 million people were loaded on slave ships and carried through what became known as the Middle Passage. All right, so we find out that the historian saying that the that the people of the slave came on ships. And I, I recall Dick Dignitary back, back a few weeks ago said that, um, see, I don't know why you're talking about you mm-hmm. and Tuna. Was all, um, how, did, how did that go? I mean, young line, how did that go? Yeah, I, I heard you moaning. You little moans. So let me back up and let you finish that up there. What you got to say about yeah, that? Yeah, he said, he said. 
I wanna can you hear me loud and clear us this Red Sea Roy? Oh yeah, I I I hear you very loud and plain. That's what that's why I, I paused when um I heard you come in there so okay. Okay. You, you might well I just want to check my mic. Later, here, so. About a, a few weeks back, uh them making a statement, uh, uh 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 that they left us about oh they don't know uh why we keep talking about we was the ones on ships. Uh, uh, the slave ships. They saying it wasn't us that was on slave ships. They say uh, Esau and his five sons say that was them up on the slave ships. And then, you know, so I do recall that 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 show. They're making a statement out of their mouth. Hallelujah, All right. What we gonna do? We gonna examine. You know, it's you know uh, a lot of things is wrong because. Um, it's got to be examined because sometimes you be taught wrong so long that you think it's right. If you be taught wrong so long, then you might think it's right. You'll find out. There is one special name, the essential holy name of God's essence, which is the four-letter tetragrammaton spelled... I get a picture in your mind. I want you to understand what I'm like. And so he gave himself a name and then told us to hallow it. And part of hallowing it means that we give it to no one else. That's one way in which the prayer is answered. If we're going to keep God's name holy, as it ought to be kept holy, we should never apply it to another person. Hallowed be thy name. What is God's name? That's the question. There are three things I want to say this morning. The first is, God is not God's name. God is not God's name. The word translated God in the, New, in the Old Testament is from the Hebrew word El, El, which simply means a supernatural power. It's exactly the same word as I heard on the lips of Arabs when we lived in Aden, Allah, which means a supernatural power. And it's a word you'll find used elsewhere in the world. We use the word God almost as a name for God simply because for centuries in this country we've been taught that there is only one. But in fact the word God is simply a description. It is not the name. And therefore it doesn't really matter whether a person believes in God or not. It depends which God they believe in. And if you went up to a Hindu immigrant from India and said, do you believe in God? He would rightly say, which one? And you would then have to name the God you were thinking of in your question. Now this was the situation in the Bible days. And Moses brought up in the court of Pharaoh knew perfectly well that in Egypt they believed in many gods. And so when he was sent to Egypt, and God said, tell them I'm going to get them out of there. He said, well, who shall I say called? I don't even know your name. And I don't know what to say. And God said, I will tell you my name. The second thing I want to say is this. We do not know his name today. Nobody does. Nobody knows. Now let me tell you what I mean by that. This may seem surprising when I can also say that his name is used 6,700 times in this book. Yet I don't know it. Nearly 7,000 times you can read the name of God here and yet you don't know it. Neither do I. Now here's a conundrum for you if you like. Let me explain. It was given to Moses at the burning bush. And God said, now Moses, I will tell you my name. 
And when they ask you, you tell them this. And he then said something, and none of us really knows what it is. Written down in the Old Testament are four letters. Four letters. J-H-W-H. That's all we've got. We don't know how to spell it. We don't know how to pronounce it. And we're not completely sure of its meaning. I say we don't know how to spell it. Now, I've just given you the four letters, but you realize that that's an un unpronounceable word. The letters in between are missing, as in normal Hebrew writing. Those who read it at the time know perfectly well what came in between. Some people have said, well, all right, let's put in our own letters. And so they put in an E, an O, and an A in that order, and they've got Jehovah. And, of course, you could switch that round and put Johavi, or you could have put it any way you like. So what I'm saying is we don't even know how to spell it. Furthermore, we don't know how to pronounce it because J is certainly not pronounced in Hebrew as a J, but as a Y. And W is pronounced not as a V, but as a W. And so the nearest that scholars can get to it is Yahweh. Yahweh. Is that to understand what it meant, these four letters, J-H. W H. Can we understand what it means? Yes, I think we can. It comes from the verb haya, which means to be. And therefore, you must express it in something like this. Here are three alternatives in the Revised Standard Version of the Bible. I am who I am. I am what I am. I will be what I will be. Now, you could choose any of those, but you've got the message. It means I am. Now, what a peculiar name. I am. What does that say to you? I want to say that I believe God gave this name to himself for two reasons. One was for what it did say, and one was for what it didn't say. And he chose it very carefully. What does it say? It tells me first that God is unique. You can't ever give him a name that will compare him to anything or anyone else. I am often and we do. Why do we say God so often and say this word so little? At least if we know roughly how to say it and roughly what it means. Wherever in the Old Testament you see the word Lord in capital letters, that's where the name of God was. And if they could all in all capital letters. Okay, you got that? Four consonant letters of the divine name. These letters correspond to our English letters, Y-H-W-H.
Yeah, so we proved that Yahweh's name was revealed to Moses, the seer, first seer of the Levites. And his name was passed down to the children of Israel. So when when uh, Esau make a statement like that, we all can prove it through the scriptures. So you know his name was passed down to the children of Israel. He only revealed his name to the children of Israel. Script through the scripture wise. So when somebody said nobody can't pronounce it, that is totally wrong. That's not true. The children of Israel once knew his name. Ah, uh, but you said uh, um, it was given to Moses, uh, and and you put something behind that Moses. You say it was given to Moses to who? The seer.
What Speak we know. What we do know. Okay, good. All right. All right. Let's let's go. But I asked the question twice, and I got the same answer twice, and then the other young lions say I agree. But I want to now, since um, now I want to run to the book of Exodus by Titus. We're going to Exodus chapter. We're going to chapter four. We're going to Exodus chapter four, and we're going to pick it up around by verse number ten. Let's let's take it down to sixteen, and then. Uh, I want to make sure you know the part that I don't agree with. Let's see what's going on in Exodus chapter 4, 10 through 16. What does it say? The book of Exodus chapter 4, verse 10 to 16. Exodus chapter 4, verse 10. And Moses said unto Yahweh, O my Yahweh, I am not equivalent, neither heretofore nor since you have spoken. To your servant. Oh, hold on, hold on, man. Hold on. You say I'm not eloquent. Otherwise, I'm not. I'm not eloquent. That's what he said. He said I'm not eloquent, eloquent. Uh, Yaqua. That's what he just. And eloquent. what else he say there, young man? He said, I'm not eloquent. And what else he say? Neither heretofore <laughs> nor since you have spoken unto your servant. Uh huh. Yes. But I am slow of speech. And of a slow tongue. Uh-huh. Verse 11. Okay. Yaqua said it to him. Who had made man's mouth? Who had made the dumb or deaf or the sin or the blind? Have not uh-huh. I, Yaqua? Verse 12. Verse 12 reads. Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you should say. Verse 13. And he said, O my Yahweh, sin, I pray you, by the hand of him whom you will send. Verse 14. And the anger of Yahweh was kindled against Moses. And he said, It is not Aaron the Levite, your brother. And I know he can speak well. And also, behold, he coming forth to meet you. And when he see you, he will be glad in his mind. Verse 15. You shall speak unto him and put my word in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth. And with his mouth, I will teach you what you should do. Verse 16. And he should be your spokesman unto the people. And he should be even to he. And he should be even. He should be unto you instead of a mouth. You should be to him instead of Yahweh. All right. Good. Now, right. Do it. did it, anybody, anybody catch that? I lose No, according to verse 16, what? when, according to verse 16, Yahweh put a title on Moses, didn't he? Didn't Yahweh do it? Yes, sir. What title, according to 16, did, did Yahweh put on Moses? Yahweh. Yahweh. 
And 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 what did you say when you read Exodus? I mean, when you read Exodus chapter, you said uh, Moses is a what again? What did you say Moses was? Who? Uh, talk about this. No, talk about me. Uh, talk about before I made that. Before I made that. Uh, yeah. What what did you what you call Moses when you said Mo, Moses was a what? You recall that? Because the other young yeah. man agreed with you. You called Moses a seer. That's what you called Moses. But what did y'all watch uh, call him? Uh, Moses called Moses. You said Moses was a seer. Yeah. So you said Moses was a seer. And then the other young line of Micaiah agreed with you. And I, then we went to St. John. St. John. Uh, 311 said we got to speak what we know. Moses was right. not no seer because Yahweh So Yahweh just gave Moses what he wanted. Moses had it. And what did he give Moses right here, according to what read? Okay, Moses, uh, Yahweh. Oh, so we can't call Moses seer if Yahweh called him a what? Yahweh. Uh-huh. Excellent. Now let's go to 7 verse 1 now, Brother Micaiah. We're going to 7 verse 1 in the same book and see what, and see, Yahweh had to tell him again. See, Yahweh, he'll do the same thing twice to make sure we don't forget it. And here he is in 7 verse 1 saying what? The book of Acts, chapter 7, verse 1. Book of Exodus, chapter 7, verse 1, read. Yahweh said unto Moses, See, I have made you a Yahweh to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, should be your seer. Uh, so he said it again, huh? So when we address Moses, Moses was, according to Yahweh, he reminded Moses that Moses would be, he had made Moses a what? Yahweh. And what Aaron gonna be? A seer. Oh, okay. All right. Now let's get one more by going to and see what when Aaron was eyeball to eyeball with Moses. Did he say that we can get on something else? See, old seer's a great. He's a he's a great listener. And and we love to take notes. Let's go to about Titus. We're going to thirty-second chapter, and we're gonna look at verse number thirty-two of Exodus, verse twenty-five and twenty-six. All right, we're going to Exodus thirty-two. One. Well, hold that point. I just want to get right down to it. I want to get right down to it. I want to get. I want to get Moses and Aaron. Then Aaron, hearing them real good. Then Aaron made a statement behind after he had heard him real good. Aaron had to hear him real good. Then Aaron made a statement. That's what. I, that's the part I'm going to get. I want. I want to part up. Aaron making a statement after Moses said something. Uh, pick it up at 
Let's see. What verse do I want? I want to get when Moses had made his made his um stand for a certain Aaron had to speak behind that and could anybody up there say I I wanna know what what did Aaron say behind that? Who we have to see her on what we're looking for in the 32nd chapter. We want to hear what Aaron had to say. That people we've already heard prior. And Aaron made a profound statement. And what did Aaron say? Could, could y'all help go see her out on what he said? Okay, Exodus 32. On Exodus 32. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, see, um, I just want to get down to it. Exactly what Aaron said. And when you get right down to it, you get down to it in verse 22. That's the number one. Remember, speak what we know or we hold a tongue. Let's see what it says in 32, verse number 22. Uh, we're going to the book of Exodus, chapter 32, verse 22 reads, And Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Yahweh wax hot. You know it's the people that there are set on mischief. Mm-hmm. So what, 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 did, what did Aaron call Moses? My Yahqua. Hallelujah. So that's so so we we don't taking care of that now. That's out the way. So that's all we got to make sure when we hearing and we agreeing, we 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 clearly scripture but is is backing you up on agreeing. So when Moses was dressed even by Aaron, because he was around when when Moses told. Yahweh told Moses exactly what Aaron going to be and what he was going to be. And then we just see right here, and we can go on and on, but we just got that part out the way. So Moses was the Yahweh to the children of Israel. Aaron was the seer. So that's why I said we, and like the elders say, be quick, be quick, be quick to hear and slow to speak. You got to be speaking directly. Because that's going to be the game changer, making up. Right decision according to scripture. All right, we got that part out the way. Now I want to get something else out the way. Go, Micaiah. I want to go and take a look at something else that was said that I heard. In Exodus chapter 1 1, Go, Micaiah. What it says here that we can read in 1. One, seven, thirteen, and seventeen. Now, I want to talk about this after I hear it read, because a statement was made in a class about something Jeremiah did. Jeremiah did something, and that's how. Matter of fact, matter of fact. Give me 39, 1 through 6. There, first there, of 
Jeremiah. Give me 39, 1 through 6 of Jeremiah first. Let me, let me see, can I just rehearse what I heard? And this is what I heard in 39, 1 through 6. This is what I heard, Jeremiah 39, 1 through 6. What did I hear? Come on. Look at Jeremiah. Well, chapter 39, picking up at verse 1 down to 6. The book of Jeremiah. Chapter 39, verse 1 reads In the ninth year of Zedekiah, king of Yadadu, in the tenth month, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army against Yadadu. And they besieged it. Verse in the eleventh year of Zedekiah, in the fourth month, the ninth day of the month, the city was broken up. Verse 3. And all the princes of the king of Babylon came in, and sat in the middle, and sat in the middle gate, even Nargal, Shirazah, Semgarnibar, Semgarnibar, Sarsichim, Rapsarad, Nargal, Nargashar-Rizam, Radman, with all the resides of the princes of the king of, with the king of Babylon. Verse 4. And it came to pass that when Zedekiah, the king of Yadah-Judah, saw them, and all the men of war, when they fled and went forth out of the city by night, by the way of the king's garden, by the gate between the two walls, and he went out the way of the plain. Verse 5. But the Chaldean army pursued after them and overtook Zedekiah in the plains of Jericho. And when they had taken him, they brought him up to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, to Reblah in the land of Hamah, where he gave judgment upon him. Verse 6. Then the king of Babylon slew the sons of Zedekiah and Riblah before his eyes. Also the king of Babylon slew all the nobles of Yadadju. Mm. Yeah. So this is where well, we heard a statement based upon that, you know, it was a prophecy made. It was a prophecy made about... um. The children. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Can we bring that out first? Let's see. Let's see what the prophecy made. So like I said again, we're great note taker, and they used that Rodero to say what Jeremiah did. Jeremiah escaped and went to. I mean, escaped. He's taking the daughters of Zedekiah to the northern world, and that's how the descent continued, that bloodline in the northern world, because Yahweh had made a profound statement there, Brother Titus. He says in the 49th chapter of Genesis, verse 1, 8 through 10, this is what he said. This is what Yahweh told 
he told um, Judah something. And let's see how was that fulfilled and what can we get out of that. So you got to be a great note taker. And you got to speak what you know, but what you know is what you can read in the Bible. So now, 49 verse 1 there, young line. Can you throw C out in 49, 1, 8 through 10 of Genesis? All right, we're reading the book of Genesis, chapter 49, verse 1. Skip down verse 8 through 10. Verses 8 through 10 read. Genesis 49, verse 1. And Israel called unto his sons and said, Gather yourself together, that I may tell you that which should befall you in the last days. Verse 8. Judah, you are he whom your brothers shall pray. Your hands should be in the neck of your enemies, your father's children shall bow down before you. Verse 9. Judah is a lion wept from the prey, my son. You are gone up. He stooped down. He couched as an old lion. He couched as a lion, as an old lion. Who shall rouse him up? Verse 10. The sepulchre shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet. Until Yahweh the son come. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the gathering of people is going to be, he said, so why he said the kingship role will be still in the hand of Judah, and it all will be a king on the throne of Judah until Shiloh come, which is another name for Yahweh the son, a title for Yahweh the son. So he says, it always will be a king line sitting on the throne of Judah mm-hmm. until Shiloh comes. But then we read the prophecy of, not the prophecy, but the history of Jeremiah, Zedekiah going into captivity, and that bloodline was cut off. Then you got scholars that come behind and say, well, not really, because um, Jeremiah took the women to northern Japhetic land, Europe, and that's how the bloodline continued. Don't ask the young line a question on what I just said. If you heard statement like that, what is your conclusion that they said the nobles of Judah was cut off, but then they used this verse right here, 49, 8 through 10, saying that it always be a a ruling class until Shiloh come, Yahweh the son. That's what he'll say. But then they come up with with the conclusion of Jeremiah going to Ireland, taking the daughters, and the daughters hooked up with Zorah, and that's how the bloodline continued. Now, now, what kind of statement you young lions gonna tell Osir behind that? No, I ain't gonna give nothing away. I just wanna see what kind of statement if this was told to you, 
what kind of statement would you would you say behind that? And we'll and we'll try to tie it into scriptures. Don't you ain't got to try to match up with scriptures. I just want to know your thoughts. Your thoughts on it right now. That Jeremiah taking the women to that was bloodline to Zedekiah to Europe, and that's and that's how the royal bloodline continued. Now what what you got to say behind that? What y'all got to say behind that? But just 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 knowing just knowing our book, we already know that uh that uh, Zorid ain't is is not one of the nobles. We already know that uh uh, uh Judah from Perez is the nobles. So we already know that don't add up according to scripture. It can be proven. Um, that so they not the nobles. They not even the the head law givers. So if you're not coming from the blood out of Perez, um, there ain't nothing being cut off. You know, y'all go out with well, well, that, uh, Young line, that ain't my, that ain't my uh, question that I want to answer to. I want to answer to the part that Jeremiah taking the bloodline of Zedekiah over to the northern world, and that's how that bloodline continued to fulfill the prophecy of 49, 1, 8 through 10. That's, that's what I thought I want to hear right here. Huh? Right, yeah. Jeremiah did. Let's see what I want to hear. Uh-huh. They say Jeremiah, hold on, hold on, y'all. They said Jeremiah taking the daughters of Zedekiah to Europe, and that's how the bloodline continued. That's what I, that's, that's what I want to talk about right now. No, I mean, you ain't got to put no structure to it, just kind of. Get old see a little feedback. Got plenty of time. I won't know about this right here. Jeremiah taking the daughters of Zedekiah, the, the seed royal, to Europe, and that's how the bloodline continued. Now, that's what I want to talk about. Oh, well, I mean, I, I can't read nothing like that happened inside the Bible. Jeremiah was in Babylon itself. All of them was in Babylon. Everybody went to Babylon as captives. So no daughters went to those. Hold on, y'all. Yeah, yeah. That ain't what I want to hear. I want to hear about well, Jeremiah. I don't know. The reason why the bloodline continues because Jeremiah taking the daughters of Zedekiah to Europe, and that's how the bloodline continues. And that same bloodline would take you right down to. Queen Elizabeth. So now that's what I want to hear about. Now, what you got to say on that? What Jeremiah did, and that's how Queen Elizabeth ended up on the seat because she's in that bloodline, and that's how the royal blood continued. What you got to say about that? What your young minds got to say about that? Um, mm, okay. Well... What you got? I mean, what you got to say about that? Huh? What you got to well, say about that? I mean, Judah always gonna be, you know, be the top, be the top ruler. We you know as the, as the chief ruler. But that ain't what I'm asking. That 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 okay. ain't my question. My question is, Jeremiah taking the daughters to Europe. And that's how the bloodline continues down to Queen Elizabeth. That's what I'm going to talk about right there. What right. Jeremiah but, did. But, 
reason why I'm saying what I'm saying. The only reason I'm saying what I'm saying is because, uh, I mean, I can't read nothing about that going on. You know what I'm saying? But to say something about that, I mean, the only thing I can, the time I can say is that we you know the bloodline continue on with the, uh, with the, with the male, with the father. So the women don't hold the bloodline. Okay, well, stop so, it there. Uh, now there you go. Now that's. Now that's now that's mm-hmm. what I want. See, yeah. I got when, they, when they make these statements, hold on, hold on, young man, hold on, hold on. You 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 you'll finally got around until we can get on the right track. Regardless of what Jeremiah did, Jeremiah could take every bloodline female to wherever he wants. According to scripture, that do not continue the bloodline. That's the point. Right. That's the number one answer. Oh. That's what Jeremiah did. The females do not continue a bloodline. So if Jeremiah taking five women, and Queen Elizabeth is one of the women got to clean, regardless, the scriptures do not operate oh. that way. So when they say that, what Jeremiah did, we read in the 39th chapter that the royal line was cut off. They said, yeah, it was cut off through the male side, but not the female side. So that's where you go to work at right there because we have a tendency to not understand the scriptures and what happens. You see, I bring Mother D.F. Israel and Mother D.F. Israel to look at see if any benignant shot of that. That sounds pretty good. So let's even bring Mother D up Israel in on that. Because one thing about it, we have to cut to the chase, get down to after we hear them bump the gums, and just go in the Bible and, and, and see do the Bible support it. Mother D up Israel, tribe of Yah God Judah. Yahweh bid you to see Royal. Yahweh bless you, Seer Israel of Sea Royal. I was, hallelujah, Yahweh. Trying, trying to say, Seer, Seer. And 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 because I, I I knew the answer, the 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 the, the male carried the seed. <laughs> I was trying to get in there. <laughs> so regardless, so regardless of whatever Jeremiah did, then how mm-hmm. whatever way you want to bring Queen Elizabeth in there, it don't work like that according to scripture, and that's the point. See, this is where we come in at. It don't yeah. work like that when you open up. Now, Mother, Mother in Exodus chapter 1, Mother, D.F. Israel, can you look right down at Exodus chapter 1, verse 7, 13, and, and 17? See, we got to hear them now all over the world bump their gums, and we got to start cutting off, you got to make that round circle get real small. Matter of fact, we got to get it so small where the point that they got to come clean. And all way you make them come clean, you have to know how to go in this Bible and take care of business. We found out earlier um, that Yahweh gave Moses the title of being Yahweh, not fear. He gave that to, to Aaron going to be that. So we got that point out the way. Now we on point two where Jeremiah, by reading the 39th chapter, the only way you can fulfill the prophecy of Genesis 49, that means the women have to be the ones that carry the seed that went over to Europe, over there to 
Zorro, and such such thing. Now that don't now that don't work neither. So that's why you have to be word up and know how to be ready to to hear plainly, then go in the Bible scripture wise, scripturally wise, and can take care of business. All right. So we're gonna find out why regardless of whatever Jeremiah done, it doesn't make no difference. Let's go to the Bible and prove it. We're going to Exodus chapter 1, that mother dear Israel. We're looking at Exodus 1, verse 1, 7, 13, and 17. So we're going to just go to the Bible and take a look at it. That's all. Mm-hmm. Exodus chapter 1, verse 1, get down to 17, 13. You Verse 1, get down to verse 7, 13 to 17. Okay, now I got it right. Exodus chapter 1. I want to go to Exodus chapter 1, verse 1, down to 7, 13, and 17. Let's try that, Mother D. Mother D. Israel. Come on. Exodus chapter 1, verses. One, seven, thirteen, and seventeen. Verse one. Mm-hmm. Now these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt. Every man and his family came with Jacob. Verse seven. And the children of Israel were were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceedingly mighty and the land was filled with them verse 13 and the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor verse 17 but the midwives feared Yahweh and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men's children alive. Mm-hmm. Well, back up to verse 15. Let's see what um, I left out of verse. Back up to verse 15. Let's see what the king's request was. What did he say? Because they didn't obey him. So what did he say? In verse 14 and 15, make it 14 and 15. What's going on with the king of Egypt in verse 14 and 15? Exodus chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Verse 14. And they made their we'll lives. Down. Yeah, we'll take huh? it down, down to um, take it 14 to 16. Let's make a little meal out of it. Let's, let's get a little more contents on it. Verse 14 down to verse 16. Let's see, see what this conversation is all about. Come on. Exodus chapter 1, verses 14 to 16. Verse 14. They made their lives bitter with hard bondage and mortar and in bricks and in all manner of service in the field. All their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. 15. And the king of Egypt spake 
to the Hebrews, Israelites, polluted, midwives, of which the name, the name of the one was the Shephat Shariah, somebody, and the name of the other, who, I don't know that, uh, verse 16, and he said, when he when you do the office of a midwife to the Israelite women and see them upon the stool, if it be a son, then you shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then shall she then she shall live. Mm. So why why did he say that? If um he said when you're doing the, the the midwife duties to the Israelites, when it's um and if the baby come out to be a girl, you can save her alive. But if it come out to be a male, you gotta kill him. Why did why would they say that? Because it's seed out. Well, that's right. So the reason he's saying that, um, young lines, because the fact of the matter is the bloodline is the male. The female do not carry the bloodline. So whoever the female mate with, that's just the way it's going to be. Whatever seed, it's not about the jacket of a color. It's whatever that male is, that's what the seed is. So right. whether Jeremiah taking five, ten women, he cannot keep the bloodline of Israel going into the leadership role by the women because it don't work like that. You know, the foundation of it, male carry the seed. So the male, destroy the male, say the women's alive because they can mate with the women of Israel and the child will be whatever the male is. And that being Egyptian. So that's the way it goes. So it don't work like that. So whatever Jeremiah done with the two, with the women, it doesn't make a difference. Because according to Scripture, it don't work like that. Now, I'm going to get a precept on that, Mother. We go on to Numbers chapter 1, 16, down to verse 19, and get a precept on that. Get a precept. That's why I say you got to hear the storyline and understand. The Bible don't support what you're saying. The Bible support Numbers chapter 1, 16 through 19, saying what? Numbers chapter 1, verse 16 through 19. And 16 reads, These were the renown of the congregation. Prince of the tribes of their fathers, head of thousands in Israel, 17. And Moses and Aaron took these men, which are expressed by their names, 18. And they assembled all the congregation together on the first day of the second month. And and they declared their Categories after their families by 
By their families of their fathers, according to the numbers of the names from 20 years old and upward by their foes, verse 19. As Yahweh commanded Moses, so he numbered them in the wilderness of Sinai. So when you declare your pedigree, your bloodline, only declare your your bloodline to who, according to Scripture? Young line? The male. The male. The male. The male. Regardless about what Jeremiah did, it doesn't make a difference. Jeremiah can take all the women of Israel to send anywhere they want to go, whoever they mate with. That's what the, that's what the child gonna be. So that couldn't that couldn't that could not got it to Queen Elizabeth. Regardless if that's their statement, it could have never got to Queen Elizabeth through the women. But it don't work like that. You only do genealogy through the male. And by Titus in First Chronicles nine one. Can you have to say out of nine one? Yes, sir. I'll be going to First Chronicles, chapter nine, verse one. All right, First Chronicles. Going to First Chronicles, chapter nine, verse one. First Chronicles, chapter nine, verse one reads: So all Israel were reckoned by genealogy, and behold, they were written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah who were carried away to Babylon for their sins. Mm-hmm. So all Israel is reckoned through genealogy. And what is the greatest mystery? It's a great mystery there, Brother Titus. And Yahweh dropped a great mystery. He dropped a, a mystery down <laughs> that that needs to be revealed by the boss of the church. Well, he talked a, a great mystery now on what we own now. And let's see how I want to attack this. It was a mystery made, a mystery. He said, Jeremiah, so Jeremiah, that don't work with Jeremiah. He can take the women's in the way he won't take. The male carried the seed line. Right. But what happened that we if it check into their young line, we gonna see what some prophecy says. That and it was um, talked about it's all over the book really. But it's a mystery. And we want to see can we break down some of the mysteries on why we always look for things to happen. But when we look for it, we really can't see it 
What did he say? Come on, that young line. Oh, oh. You know, take a deep breath and went to see if kind of get out of there. Then kind of get it in. As soon as jumping, he head alone. Just hold on. Just a second. Yeah, young line. Now, what did the prophecy say again? Genesis chapter 21, verse 12. And Yahweh said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in your sight, because of the lad, and because of your bondwoman, and all that Sarah has said unto you. Hearken unto our voice, for an Isaac shall your seed be called. He says, He said, Your seed gonna be called Duke. Isaac, by Isaac. Oh, oh, okay, good. All right, good. And Isaac, your seed gonna be called. So Yahweh is, is, is making a statement right there. Now the seer picked up on it. Just um, just read the way we see it because um, we're going somewhere in this book. We're going to Amos seven, fourteen through sixteen. Now the prophecy. Now when was that? When was that? That had to if anything written in prophecy, it got to be fulfilled. I never heard that before. And you'll see that. So now the seer got a hold to it. Amos seven fourteen through sixteen. Now, Brother Titus, and what did he say? All right, we're going to the book of Amos. Going to the book of Amos. Chapter 7, verse 14 and 16. Amos chapter 14. 7. Hold on, young line. Hold on, young line. 14, 15, and 16. Take your time there, young line. Remember, got Yes, sir. We're trying to edify, be edified. We got to edify. 14, 15, and 16. The book of Amos, chapter 7. Verse 14, 15, and 16. Amos chapter 7, verse 14 reads, Then answered Amos and said to Amaziah, I was no seer. Let's read it like this. I am no prophet, neither was I a prophet, son, but I was in herdman. No. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on there, young man. You can't Read that. Like, no, you got too much information. Read that like it is. It's got to use one word. Okay. Pick that verse up, Brother Micaiah. The book of Amos, chapter 7, verse 14, down to verse 16. Verse 14 reads Then answered Amos and said to Amaziah, I was no seer, neither was I a seer's son, but I was a herdsman. And a gatherer of Sycamore, Sycamore, few. Mm-hmm. Verse 15. And the Yahweh took me as I followed the flock. And the Yahweh said unto me, Go prophesy unto my people, Israel. Verse 16. Now therefore, hear you word of the Yahweh. You say, Prophesy not against Israel, and drop not your word against us. Family of Isaac. 
Ain't that something? What what did he just call it? What did he just call Israel? Family of Isaac. Oh. Oh, so now I ask the young lions, what what are we getting out of this so far? I just wanna see where where you at, Cartitis. What are we getting out of this so far right here? What we just got through read with the precept, what is we getting out of this? What is we getting out of this? Right now, I'm still just reading the scriptures. Go Titus. What are we getting out of this? Well, we're getting out of this. Basically, the seed going to be called through Isaac. And Isaac through what? So Isaac had, you know, Jacob. Jacob was changed to Israel. So his bloodline is going to be spring forth from the children of Israel, the people of Israel. That's what it see, the descendants. According to what we can read, then that was read in Genesis 21, 10 through 12. That's where Amos picked that up on through the precept. Mm-hmm. What you got to say about that, uh, Guy? You agree with that? What I get from it is this, is, uh, is that in uh we so far we know we're talking about the bloodline, make sure we know who the bloodline comes through. So we come to find out that the bloodline from Abraham will go to Isaac. And uh it was just a seed. Remember he told he told him in Genesis uh twenty one and verse uh twelve, he said, Your seed should be called and we know it should be called through Isaac. And as we continue to read, we know that Isaac they call the children of Israel, which is according to the prophecy being fulfilled. They call the children of Israel the family of Isaac, which is Isaac's seed as well. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. So we're getting out of this that um, the children of Israel will be called by the children of Isaac. Because that's the same bloodline. So they will be called. See, sometimes you be looking for the children of Israel, and you can't find them because the fact of the matter is, the prophecy said, hey, Abraham, you'll see won't be called by. by. They'll be called by the sons of Isaac. <laughs> he said, he said, so he knows, so we be looking for the children of Israel, and we just find out with the precept they will be not be called by that name. So when you when you wonder why you just can't find them Israelites nowhere, maybe because you you didn't hear the prophecy that to fulfill that they won't be called the children of Israel. They will be called the children of Isaac. See that? So. When they went off into captivity, now, 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 now we're going to this book. So now, so now, now, uh, Titus, read me one verse twenty-eight thirty-seven. Twenty-eight. Uh, do the run. No, no. No, boy, you read me that. Read me thirty-two twenty-six. I just want to just give me thirty-two verse twenty-six. Thirty-six. Verse 26, uh, Deuteronomy. Just one verse. All right, we're going to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32, verse 26. Mm-hmm. 
book, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32, verse 26. I said, I will scatter them unto corn. I will make the remembrance of them to cease from among men. Now, remember, uh, the member of them, he's talking about uh, who? Who is a, a mother of Israel? Who we talking about? It's the members of them in Exodus 1 1. Who's a them that he's going to make the members of them to seek among men? Them. What, what it says in Deuteronomy 1 1. I need a name. Is it Exodus or Deuteronomy? Deuteronomy 1 1. I see the name. Who is the them that he's going to make their members? Seeks among men. Okay. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 1. These be the words which Moses spake unto all Israel on this side. Good. Good. So the word spoke to all Israel. Okay, good. Now, now, young lion, Titus, give me that 2837. Now give me that 2837. All right, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, verse 37, read. You should become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword among all nations where the Yahweh should lead you. Mm-hmm. Good. All right. Good. So we know that they will be, they will not be called the children of Israel once they go into captivity and get rooted out their land. So now, Brother Micaiah, now we're going mm-hmm. to this book called The Missing Link Discovery. Uh, Raymond Cap. Now we mm-hmm. we just want we just want to. Get a couple bots here in this, and then we be able to start putting this thing together. Now let's start putting this thing together a little bit by going on page 199, chapter 12. Let's see what's going on where it says about. That, let me see what I want. I mean, where I want to start at this video. Start where it says the law of Yahweh. You see where it says, think about the last five lines on your right-hand side. The last five lines on the right-hand side would say the law of Yahweh. Yahweh's, um, you see where it says, we see where it says, uh, which have the origin in the law of Moses. You see that, young man? On the right hand side on page one ninety nine. The law of Moses. You see yeah. that? Okay, start with that. Let's 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 see can we do a little edifying there, young lion. Let's find out something because we we already know the prophecy of some things that happen. We just gonna hit hit a few verses here and there, and then see can we come up with something. Let's see what it says. Uh, 
which has its origin in the law of Moses. What does it say? Well, hold on. I think we. I think I was looking at a different spot here. I see last kick out is what I'm looking at says the law of Moses as the basis of the Anglo Saxon administration. Now on page one ninety nine. Turn to page one ninety nine. Page one ninety nine. Okay. There. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. In the first paragraph. Got you. Okay. Yeah. I got it. All right. Now, um, missing links discovered in serious tablets by E. Ramey Cap. Page uh, chapter twelve, page one ninety nine. Picking up in the first chapter, in the middle of the. I mean, picking up in the first paragraph, in the middle of the paragraph, read. Which had its origin in the law of Moses. The law of Yahweh. Here, the fame of America and British justice throughout the world. We should also point out that these laws formed a part of our culture long before the Christian era. These facts give us added proof, forming another link in the chain of evidence connecting us with ancient Israel. Mm-hmm. So it says it's something that can that can uh, connect you, connect us with ancient Israel. What's that? Now, now read a little bit more. Now read a little bit more. Let's see what happens. All right. Paragraph two. The common law begins in England as far back as 1100 BC when it was codified by Brutus. Of Troy. Brutus was a great grandson of Aeneas and Anais, a descendant of Yada Judah, Zora, codified by Malmutus about 500 BC. King Alfred the Great again codified. Alfred, the renowned Saxon, lawgiver, and administrator, during the Saxon period, places the divine origin of the law in the forefront. The following is taken from Alfred the Great, which proclaims the law of Moses as the basis of Anglo-Saxon administration. Yep. Oh. So, the Anglo-Saxon administration, he said Moses' law is based upon the Anglo-Saxon administration. Oh, good. Now, let's go a little further there. Let's go to page 203. Just want to lay a little foundation on some things. And on page 203 there, young line, let's pick it up now. We got them around, and the Bible picks them up around about 1,000 B.C. But we know that Laura left Egypt going to the northern world. We we clear about that. Now, so now we want to pick it up where it says, the second paragraph where it says, the view of this fact. What does it say about the view of this fact? What about this fact we're getting ready to read there, Brother Micaiah? What are we getting ready to read? About the view of this fact. What? All right. 
Read for the same book, Missing Link Discovered. We're going to chapter 13, page 203, second paragraph. And it reads, In view of this fact, one wonders why historians, and especially the anthropologists, have paid so little attention to record the history of the movement, the movement of the peoples of Europe, particularly those who settled in the Northwest in the British Isles. Have they turned to Heldrick emblems as a source of knowledge? The early history of Europe would be as well known as that of Babylon, Egypt, or Greece. As a result, the Israelitish origin of the Delto Anglo Saxon, Scandinavian, Germanic, and Kansas peoples would have been revealed. Mm-hmm. So, what he's saying Kansas. here, what he's saying here, he's saying here that these peoples mm-hmm. that's of Israelite descent going to be carrying. Israelite descent will be carrying on these names mm-hmm. of Celtics, uh, Anglo-Saxon, Scandinavian, Germanics, and Kinvin peoples, which we have, which we have revealed. So he's saying that these peoples will be up on the names, you know that. Um, then when you see his name today, you don't know the history that these are the name of, of a people that we, I still want to get their name a little bit clearer, but another name going to be to these people. That could be Hallelujah. Name. That's, that's, what I, that's what I want. Remember, that prophecy was that Brother Titus read. It was a prophecy of a name. See, and remember, if they ain't written this Bible, it's going to be fulfilled. So, in the next paragraph, just sit, just get down to the last three lines. We're talking about the Celtics of uh, Saxon nation. What, what, mm-hmm. what happened then? What, what happened? All right. Going to the third paragraph, picking it up at the uh, last three lines, and it reads. They became what? Wait, 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 now, what happened when he got up into the northern world of Japatics, they became Christian. See? That what happened. They became Christians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, we worked. So when they got to the northern world, they became Christians. So now go to page 225. Just to kind of wet the beat of the national audience. So they became Christians. 
when they got to the northern world. But I want to know who became Christian. We're going to page 225 and pick up at number seven. Number seven on page 225. Who became mm-hmm. Christians? Mm-hmm. All right. Reading in the same book, the Missing Links Discovered in the Syrian Tablet, page 225, reading at number seven. Number seven reads, William Camden. I think the conjecture of those who are German who imagine that the Saxons are descended from the Saxons, the most powerful people of Asia that they are so-called as if one should say Sakawan, that is, sons of Saka, and that of the Scythians, or Samarta, Asiatica. They poured little by little into Europe, along with the the Swivy and the Dexy deserves credit the best of another in best of any other. And indeed, the opinions of those men who fetched the Saxons out of Asia where mankind where mankind had its rise and growth does not want some color of reason. Quoted by J D Grandeur. The seed of Isaac. Okay. The seed of who? The seed of who? The seed of who? seed of Isaac. Wait a minute. You mean... You mean that... Um, you mean that... The sons... Um, the sons... Of all these people we read here... That... That's all of them, when you get all their names all together, all the names you written that went to Europe, they got a seed of who? The seed of Isaac. They, they the seed of Isaac. So there was no longer called, they was no longer called by what we look for today is for the prayer of trial for children of Israel. Because they was not called that. Mm-hmm. See, and 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 but and they became a a what again? And they became a what? Mm-hmm. Y'all remember what they became? A Christian. A Chris, Christian. Well, they became a Christian. Mm-hmm. So when they got so so when they got over there, they became Christians. Right. See that? So now mm-hmm. back up um back up young line to page one sixty eight. Wanna get a little bit more ideas, then we going back into the scriptures again. We just gonna we got plenty of time to see what happened to the children of Israel. They became Christians. And I mean the songs and, and they took on a on the on the name as the sons of Isaac. 
So all these names you see over these songs of Isaac, but they became Christian. That's what they became. So I just want to I just want to get them going back to the book. I just want to get one more out of this. So they became Christians, but now go to page one forty. And this this is your this is your take care of what we working with. They became one forty on page one forty. Let's, let's use one forty for example. See, we can go on and on, but we gonna go on and on because there's certain things we need to know that is already written, but we just not been taught it. But the prophecy of the children of Israel will not be carrying their name; they be carrying their grandfather's name. Isaac. Now we're going to page 140. And I'm going to pick it up at uh, these in Scripture. No, I, I, I need to get it. I need to get it a little more higher. Let's get it to the the additional evidence of the Saki. The Saki. You see what it says? Additional evidence of the Saki. Get the Saki. Go ahead. Now watch All right. this. Watch this real good. Listen to this. Reading the same book of the missing links discovered. We're going to page 140, and we're going to read this. Picking up at the second, third paragraph. Third paragraph reads. Additional evidence that the Saki were a branch of Gamiria, Israelite, is provided by another trilingual. Inscription found in the tomb of Darius in southwestern Persia. The tomb is cut into the face of a cliff in the valley of Nekshit, Iraqam, near the ancient city of Persopolis. The inscription again included a list of the nations over which Darius ruled. On the occasion, Darius listed three separate groups of Saki. The um, Amrigian Saki. The Saki. With and the Saki who are beyond the sea. In, the, in each case, the name Jamiri in the Babylonian text is translated Saka in the Persian. These inscriptions, these inscriptions have been known for many years, but the publications dealing with them have generally passed over the translation of Jamiri to Saka with scarcely a comment. Perhaps it seemed quite inexplicable to the historian, and yet the only conclusion that can be drawn from the inscription, also the writings of Josephus, is that the Issachusa were called Sakas by the Persians. Therefore, the logical conclusion is that the Issachusa is it's Kuzza, that's what it is. It's Kuzza. The Saka and the Jamiri are the same people. Then in reviewing the royal correspondence of the Assyrian Empire, 
it is evident that the is Kuza, the Sasa, and the Scythian, the Sumerians, and the and the Jimari are all Israelites. Ain't that something? Uh-huh. And they all was Israelite. They was Israelite what? They was all Israelite what? Christian. 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 They was all Israelite Christians. Let's get one more on page one twenty six. I mean two twenty six. So we found out what happened with the children of Israel. They carried their grandfather's name as the children of Isaac. Isaac. So they just, they just dropped the I, which was a Y, just dropped the I and called them by that name. All they dropped with the name Isaac. They just, and as generations from one captivity to the, the next one, they start pronouncing the name a little bit different. And remember Anglo-Saxon, what it means to sons of Isaac. That was the word Anglo-Saxon. When it got to English, Anglo-Saxon means the sons of Isaac. We don't know that. We think Anglo-Saxon means, you know, by our teaching understanding. But when you break it down, the sons, the sons, I mean, Anglo-Saxon means the sons of Isaac, which means the sons of the Israelites. The Israelites. That's what it really means. Now, on page on page two twenty six, verse twelve. What uh twelve dot. What it says in twelve dot. Listen to this. All right. The book of uh read from the same book. The missing link discovered. We're going to page 226, reading that 12. 12 reads. King James the sixth of Scotland. King James the first of England. Claimed that the Yahweh had made him king over Israel. And upon the gold coin of his day, the Jacobus, he had inscribed in Latin the prophecy of Ezekiel 37:22. I will make of them one nation. You see that? Yeah. So, 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 so King James, so that shows you King James knowing that he was an Israelite. Uh-huh. But King James is raising uh-huh. to Brutus and everybody else to have what kind of mindset? Christian. Christian. Christian mindset. So you see that? So, but like I said, on his deathbed, you know, he had the scholars to go get the books and, and go and come clean. But the mindset they had was a Christian mindset. Mm-hmm. King James was, you know, he was raised up a Christian. Yeah. Yeah, Christian. Right? Mm-hmm. All right. So now, you know, now come back and read me, read me verse 11. That's it. Verse 11 on that. Verse 11. All right. We're going to 11. the same book, Mission Links Discovered. We're going to page 226, page 226, and read number 11. Number 11, read. Bruce Handy, 
in Europe and in European and other race origin said hypothesis that the British are the moderate representatives of the ancient best sect house of Isaac. Yeah. 
this is this is why we can't we can't find nothing out because all these names you hear over in Europe, they are branch of Israelites up under uh, the sons of of Isaac. They drop all they done was drop the eye, and and they be, but but what happened? They became Christians. See, remember when they broke? Remember when Zora he left before Moses was getting the Ten Commandments. Zora now. Then the one that was with Israel, like in Numbers chapter ten and eleven, the Northern Kingdom got mad and they left and started doing their own thing. So when they went into captivity. When they migrated to Europe, Japhetic land, they had them put Yaqua down, and the major thing was going on in the northern world was being a Christian. So King James and all of them was Christians. See? And when you were Christian, with, with knowledge that we know, when you say you're Christian, we know that you're wide open. Anything something to happen, you know, because the Christian have no Yaqua to stop them because they don't know no Yaqua. You see? And which we we heard earlier. Now that's good enough. That's good enough for a little kick into that. Now we could go in the Bible, but we see uh Mother E. So let's see, you know, uh, you know, I want I want to holler the microphone a little bit too. Let me holler the microphone too. Let me let me let me at least get me let me make sure I'm, I'm on tape eighteen. What Mother E say? I want to make sure I'm on tape eighteen. Hey Mother E, travel y'all got Judah. Y'all got bitches that see right. Y'all got bless you see Israel and see Roy and Lee Yaqua. Y'all brought that mother. Christian church. That's what I want to know. 
things you got. Or the nice Lord is over 900,000 strong. Who is the head of the Christian church? Can, can, can we have something read on that? Uh, let's have two different statements on who is the head of the Christian church. Second time the young lion got those C out. Who is the head of the Christian church? church. The Pope, head of the church, is a title given to the New Testament. Let's go read it like it is. To Jesus and Catholic Ecclesiology. Ecclesiology. Jesus Christ is called the visible head and the heavenly head, while the Pope is called the visible head or the earthly head. Therefore, the Pope is often Officially called the vicar of Christ by the faith. That's one. And mm-hmm. uh, now, 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 brother Makai, what you got? What you got on it, brother Makai? What you got? What you got that you can read for the national audience that came to the head of the Christian church? What What you working with? You work with something a little different from what the young line. So I tried to say it. I want to get a, a couple uh, perspectives on it before we hit a couple scriptures. What, what you working with about the head of the Christian church? Oh, okay, I'm looking at something. You got, got that hand out. You got that hand out. You know what I, I gave I you? Yeah, I gotta pull that up. Um, I gotta go pull that up, Mother 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 D.F. Israel. All right, I'm gonna have to come back right now. I'm gonna have to go with the young line because pretty much I'm pulling up the same thing. I'm trying to see can I get a uh, okay. I got some. Yeah, I got the Pope is the supreme leader of these churches, and also the head of the Universal College of Bishops. That's I'm reading that from okay. the Wikipedia um, Google Dictionary. Okay, but I I I, I want the word in there. Um, head of the the Christian. I, I want some of the Christian in there. Cause we find out that the children of Israel became Christians, right? I need to know who the head right. of this Christian thing on on the telephone before we read a couple of scriptures and start um you know walking into this thing right here. And that's well, why we keep telling you that why it's so important for what we have to do with our offsprings coming up. Because you might I got, be. I, I got some. Go ahead. Go ahead. I got a couple things here that popped up. It's just kind of intriguing. So I'm, I'm, first I'm going to go with the, this one right here. It says, uh, 
It says, today the Pope is regarded generally as the supreme head of the Catholic Church and among Catholics as the head of the Universal Christian Church. And then I have okay. uh, I have another one stating, it says, <laughs> it says, uh, the president of the Church of the, uh, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they got him as listed as the head of the Christian Church. Okay, that's good. So we clear them, and the children of Israel and children of Isaac, when they got into the northern world, they let they didn't they didn't come in with that mindset, although they was in bad shape. But as the Christians start getting their direction, they switch. But they were already in bad shape anyway when they broke away from the Bible. Information they was already worshiping. They was already worshiping who? Who can help me out in Chronicles? Now, who can help me in Chronicles? They was already doing. When we know, we know that um, Zora was already over there before the Ten Commandments even gave it. They was already over there. So we already know. But what I want to know, what was the northern? Israelite, the children of Isaac, what were they worshiping after they broke away from the southern kingdom? What were they worshiping that we can read? Did anybody ever see out what worshiping that we can read? Did anybody ever see out? Because we talk about the northern kingdom. So when they got tied in with their with Zora, they already had their mind on something all the time, so they just switched from one thing to the next. But they was already worshiping something that we can read. Can anybody up there see out what they worshiping? Yeah. That we can read. Okay. In the book of Chronicles, what are they worshiping that we can read? Before they became a Christian, because there was no Christian at that time, what was the northern kingdom worshiping that we can read before they even got in the northern world that we can read? Oh, okay. Um, that we can read. Chronicle, it's a that we can read, or try the second book of Chronicles, that we can read. What were they worshiping in the second book of Chronicles that we can read? That's what I want to know. How about second Chronicles chapter 11, uh, Mother Israel? What were they worshiping that we can read in 11 verse 15? Second Chronicles, make a note of it. 
of the Lord's people, people. which were not of the sons of Levi. Verse 20, verse 32. And Jeroboam ordained a feast in the eighth month on the 15th day of the month back unto the feast that is in Judah. And he offered upon the altar, so did he in Bethlehem sacrifice unto the cave that he had made. And he placed in Bethlehem the priest of the of the high places which he had made. For he offered upon the altar which he had made in Bethel the fifteenth day of the eighth month, even in the month which he had devised of his own mind, and ordained a feast unto the children of Israel. And he offered upon the altar and burnt incense. Christian. And and the Christian was worshiping who? The devil. 
see that? See, so you, so you see, that's why we got to, you know, we start talking about how great we was over there, but we still worship Satan and devil. Because we had a blue right. away from the Bible saying they were worshiping Satan and devil. Now, now, mother, mother, see, now give me that St. John chapter 14, 29, 30. See, listen, see, that's why we got to hear the conversation out. But we wonder how was so much slavery going from Europe, not not that we want, we already know, because we know what there was abundant. And just like today, your greatest enemy to the day, whether you know or not, is a Christian. I was reading out a Christian, they won't do Lord God Jesus Sunday, right? And Easter, right? Mm-hmm. And they will be living you up. Even to this day. Is that right? That's right. Because they they believe that they that but although historical records we read earlier from the machine showing you that his name is not God no time. His name is Y A W H. Well a quick you can't tell a Christian that. Christian to fight you all the way. For mm-hmm. the name of Lord God Sunday. They're wrong yeah. too. They're wrestling with you. And mm-hmm. they're wrestling with you too. Is that right? So now I know, I know. all we're doing is sitting up to show you that once you become a Christian and once we understand that we have to sit understand that according to the Bible, if you are Christian according to the Bible, you got the mindset, oh, and then Yaqua just said, and then what Yaqua said, we found out that the Catholic Church is the head of the Christian churches. The Catholic mm-hmm. Church, right? That's right. Now we got to find out well, who, the, uh, who the head of the, the Christian Pope is the head of the Christian Church. Now we're going to find out who the head of the Pope is. Then you just put it together yourself. Mm-hmm. But here go Yahweh 14, 29, 30. What he said, we can read that, Mother E. What he says in St. John chapter 14, 29, 30. The book of St. John chapter 14, verse 29 and verse 30. Verse 29. And now I have told you before it come to pass that when it is come to pass, you might believe. Verse 30. Hereafter, I will not talk much with me, but the prince of this world cometh and have nothing in me. Yeah, what? Nothing in me. He said, the prince of this world coming, and he ain't got the prince of this world coming, and he ain't got nothing in me. I mean, the Christmas word is coming, and in Ephesians Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, who will he be working through that we can read? (laughs) Now, now look at what WCC just said. See, we're going to mute somebody behind that. We're going to mute. Makaya, he do talking for the night. 
I know well, you're working a bit. All right, so uh, take a look at a statement, Mother A, in Ephesians 2, 1 and 2. What do you see in chapter 2, verse 1 and verse 2? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you had, and you had he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Verse 2. Work in, in time past, you walked according to the house court of this world. This world. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Yeah. So the power and the prince of this world, he works in the children of who? Disobedience. Disobedience. And disobedience is disobedience from his word. See, when you're disobedient from his word, that's who Satan works in. See, when you're disobedient to his word, that's who he works in. Hey, Mother, see of Israel. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, say what? And your line, have me the book of Enoch, the third Enoch 26, 12, and 13. Yes, sir. Second Corinthians. Chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. Second Corinthians, chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. Verse 3. But if our gospel be hidden, it is hidden to them that are lost. Verse 4. In whom the lawfulness of this world has blind the mind of them which believeth not, lest the light of the great, the glorious gospel of the Son, who is the image of Yahweh the Father, shall shine unto them. Thank you. 
So we read that. But we find out that according to the telephone, the Pope is the head of the Catholic Church. Did we find out? Did we find out in writing? Yes, sir. Mother, the Abyssal, give me Second Corinthians chapter four, four and verse six. Read verse four again, and then read verse. Read, you stay, stay where you at. Just give me four again and verse six. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four and verse six. Verse four, and whom. The Yahweh of this world has blind the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the great glorious gospel of Yahweh the Son, who is the image of Yahweh the Father, should shine unto them. Verse 6. For Yahweh, who commanded the light to shine, out of darkness have shined in our mind to give the light of the knowledge of the greatness of Yahweh the Father in the face of Yahweh the Son. Mm-hmm. So, this, so what we come on this broadcast is to give, is to unlock the darkness and give them the light of what, mother? The Yahweh the Son. The light of what? According to verse 6? The light of what? We call this broadcast six nights a week. Of knowledge. Say it again, young one. The light of the knowledge. Of knowledge. Knowledge. See, we call this broadcast. We're not on this broadcast just to hear ourselves talk of. Edifying ourselves. We're trying to enlighten the children of Israel, which in the day is the children of Isaac, Isaac. the children of Isaac, that's a knowledge that have been here from you, and the knowledge that Satan took hold to the people of the book and turned them into Christians. And, and we found out the Pope is the head of the Christians. And now, and we found out through Mother that in St. John 14, 29, and 30, he was telling that that prince of this world have nothing in me. Whatever I'm on, it's like the east, and east, and the west. So if, if you are in your top leader, but right now is the Pope. We got on record, and you go on your phone now, and if you're a Christian, the Pope is your head leader. So we leave it like that. He's the prince of your head leader for right now. Now, Mother E, give me First Corinthians one eighteen and Mother D of Israel, give me First Corinthians two, fourteen through sixteen. And then we'll bring our elder in and Mother Z in for some commentary. That's what we do. Now First Corinthians, mother, mother E, one eighteen says what? The book of First Corinthians, chapter one, verse eighteen. 
But the preaching of the cross. What you read? Oh, look at it real carefully. Look at it real carefully. First Corinthians one eighteen. Look at it real carefully. That's First Corinthians one eighteen. Yes, ma'am. What does it say? For the preaching of the cross. Covenant. Uh, Covenant. The preaching of the covenant is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of Yahweh. So, we got to save them, we got to give them the power of who? Covenant. Yahweh. Uh-huh. So, the so only way we're going to help them, we got to show them the power of the Yahweh. And he just said, Satan ain't got nothing in me. As, he, as Satan is the Yahweh of this world. And we found out the Pope is the head of a Christian church. So if you're a Christian, the head, the top man is the Pope. So far. So right, is, is, that, is that what we read so far? So Pope is the head man of a Christian church. So far. Good. Now, Mother the Israel, what it says in Second Corinthians two fourteen down to verse sixteen. Yeah, first um, Corinthians. Thank you, Mother. Thank you, Mother. First Corinthians chapter two. Verse fourteen and sixteen. Okay. First Corinthians chapter two. And second
Sunday is our Sabbath day, and we're going to call them Black Jesus and White Jesus. That's what the Christians mm-hmm. going to say. Man, they're yeah. all the way with it. Yeah. Huh? And they go all the way with it, too. And they're around mm-hmm. with you, too. Yeah. Huh? They're around with you. Mm-hmm. Well, remember, they head is the Pope. Because on record, the Pope is the head of the Christian church. That's so far right now. Let me bring our L in and get his closing statement on tape 18. Remember, we got a whole month before. We got a Passover, second month of Passover coming next month. Those didn't keep it. So, but, uh, but really, we got 50 days before we start worrying about another piece. So we got to do a lot of cleaning up stuff along the way. So, our elder, what's your closing statement is, elder on tape number 18? Elder of Steel's Israel, come on. Let 
the mind of the rejoice that seek the Yahweh, seek the Yahweh and his strength, seek his face forevermore. Verse 5, remember his marvelous work that he has done, his wonders and his judgment of his mouth. Verse 6, O E seed of Abraham, his servant, he children of Jacob, he he chose. Verse 7, he is the Yahweh, Abu Yahweh, his judgments are in all the earth. Verse 8, he has remembered his covenant forever. The works, the, the word, word, the word which he commanded to a thousand generation, verse nine, which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath unto Isaac, verse ten, and confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law and to Israel. For a everlasting covenant. And I'm going to stop at verse 11. Say unto. Mm-hmm. Say unto you. Mm-hmm. Say unto thee. Will I give the land to Canaan. Canaan. The land of Canaan. 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 The land of Canaan. The lot of your inheritance. Hallelujah. 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 Day to do this. 
me and you hate him. And he said, okay, good. But I'm going to repay him to his face. Is that what we're reading? That's what we're reading. And he's going to do. He's letting you know by you not keeping what he got on the table. Then you hate him. And he said, I'm going to he will repay him to his face. Is that what we're reading? That's what we're reading. And he's going to destroy you, too. That's right. Yeah, well, yeah, when he, when he start paying you back, that's definitely what going to do. Mm-hmm. Now, since you said that, Mother, you might as well give me a closing statement on Hebrews 10, 35 through 39, and a closing statement. We'll get back on it tomorrow. Yeah, that Mother, dear, Israel, we might as well get a precept to that. We might as well precept that, Mother. You put it out there. So we might as well get a precept on it. What is saying we can read Mother D of Israel in Hebrews 10, 35 to 39? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 through 39. Verse 35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. 36, for you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of Yahweh, you might receive the promise. 37, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Let me see. my page. Verse 38, now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. 39, but we are not of them who draw back unto tradition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Chapter 4.
Okay. 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 I had something, but I lost it. But uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to something else. Um. Wait just. Okay. I want to read uh. Uh, Psalms chapter eight three, starting at verse at verse one. Keep keep not thou silent, O Yahweh. Hold not your peace, and be not still, O Yahweh. Verse two. For lo, thine enemy make a tumult, and they that hate you have lifted up the head. Verse 3. They have taken crafty counsels against your people and consulted against thy hidden one. Verse 4. They have said, Come and let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. Hallelujah, Qua. Hallelujah, Qua. Hallelujah, Qua. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm so sexually cool at all because the name is no longer in mind. But what he said about that, mother, in Isaiah 52, 6 through 9, and closing statement, mother, what's going on with that person, mother? Isaiah 52, verse 6 through 9. Verse 6, therefore my people shall know my name. Therefore they shall know in that day that I am he that do speak. Behold, it is I. Verse 7, how beautiful upon the mountain are the the feet of him that bring good tide, that publish peace. That brings good tidings of good, good tidings of good. That publish salvation. That says unto Zion, after Judah, Thou Yahweh reigns. Verse eight. The watchman shall lift up the voice with the voice together. Shall they sing? Well, they shall see eye to eye. When the Yahweh shall bring again vine polluted for Yahweh Judah back. That's that big, that big talk, mother. So he said sooner or later, although they throw around his name, he said, but, but those that going to, they're going to get their name right. They got to see eye to eye on too. But, I mean, they got to see it the way we see it, both of those two is right. All right, mother, until well. tomorrow at 6 o'clock. What is your closing statement at Mother E? What's your closing statement is? Come on. Okay, I mean, uh, I'm reading this uh, verse, uh, chapter 3, uh, verse 5 through 8. Verse, now, verse 6 through 8. Oh, no, I'm going to read verse 5 so you know who's talking about. Verse 5. Who then is Paul, and who is a parlor, but minister by whom he believes, even as the Yahweh gave to every man 
26. I have planted Apollo water, but Yahweh gives the increase. Verse 7. So then, neither is he that planted anything, neither he that water, but Yahweh that gives the increase. Now he that planted and he that water are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Hallelujah. 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 All right, Moses, that's right. So now, young man, I want to know one more time, according to your telephone, who is the head of the Christian church? All right. Who is the head of the Christian church? All right. Let's see. Uh, there's some of these phones saying, "Y'all, no, this coming up is Pope as the head." Seeing, see. All right. Uh, okay. Who is the Who is the head of the Christian Church? Okay, the Pope. As the Bishop of Rome is the head of the that's different, Holy See, the Roman Catholic Church, central government. It's not, it's not, no, it's not what I want. No, uh-uh. I got to be something away. Oh, that's good. That's that. good, young man. So the head of the Christian church is the Pope. So the Pope mm-hmm. is the head of the Christian church. Okay, good. All right, so we clear about the Pope is the head of the Christian church. Now let's go and see who is the head of the Pope. Now let's go to the second book of Enoch, third book of Enoch, 26, verse 13, 13. So we clear that if you are Christian, the head of the Christian church, it is the Pope. And the Pope is located in the Vatican City. He's the head of the Christian church. He's the head of the pastors, the deacons, and the bishops. He's the head. Now, who is his head? Third book of Enoch, 26, 12, and 13. Who is his head? Come on. The third book of Enoch, chapter 26, verse 12 and 13. But they all called Europeans because they burned Serapah, the right at tables of Satan. Every day. Satan sits together with Samuel, the Pope of Rome, and with Bebel, the Prince of Persia. And they write down the sins of Israel on their writing tables, <laughs> which they had over to Serapion. And so that Serapion can present them to the righteous one. Blessed be he, he thought that he should eliminate to destroy Israel from the world. But Seraphim know the secrets of the righteous one. Blessed be he. They know that he does not want the people of Israel to perish. What do the Seraphim do about this? Every day they receive the tape, the tablet from the hand of state. They burned them in the burning fire, which is near the high and exalted throne. They do this in the order that the tablets should not come 
before the righteous one. Blessed be he when he is sitting upon the throne of judgment, judging the entire world in truth. So my question is, when the son said in St. John 14, 29, 30, one more time there, young line, St. John 14, 29, 30. Back to John chapter 14, verse 29 to 30. And no, I have told you before it come to pass. And when it has come to pass, you might believe. Verse 30. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you, because the prince of this world cometh, and have nothing in me. So the prince of this world is the, that's coming, I mean Satan is the prince of this world, and he, he, he goes to the Vatican City and sit down with his leaders of the Catholic Church, Christian Catholic Church. So again, Christianity is up under who? Who is Christianity up under and the Pope up under? Satan the devil. Yeah. Right there. So when you're a Christian, you suddenly do anything because your mighty one is Satan the devil. Just pull out the rest. Yeah. Yeah. Chapter 33, verse 20, 29 reads, Happy are you, O Israel, who is like unto you, a people saved by Yahweh, the shield of your help, and who is the sword of your ecstasy. And your enemies should be found liars unto you, and you should tread upon their high places. Hallelujah, Yahweh. Hallelujah. 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 So you see, what we come to do is talk your mind. Can I get that? That was Deuteronomy 33, verse 29. Hallelujah. There's one special name. The essential holy name of God's essence, which is the four-letter 
tetragrammaton spelled... If you get a picture in your mind, I want you to understand what I'm like. And so he gave himself a name and then told us to hallow it. And part of hallowing it means that we give it to no one else. That's one way in which the prayer is answered. If we're going to keep God's name holy as it ought to be kept holy, we should never apply it to another person. Hallowed be thy name. What is God's name? That's the question. There are three things I want to say this morning. And the first is, God is not God's name. God <laughs> is not God's name. The word translated God in the, New, in the Old Testament is from the Hebrew word El. El which simply means a supernatural power. It's exactly the same word as I heard on the lips of Arabs when we lived in Aden, Allah, which means a supernatural power. And it's a word you'll find used elsewhere in the world. world. We use the word God almost as a name for God simply because for centuries in this country we've been taught that there is only one. But in fact the word God is simply a description